Like, I feel like a lot of black people are the, uh, sometimes the one black friend in their circle, mm. you know? So there's a lot of one black friends right now getting, like, <laughs> text messages <laughs> from their white friends, you know, being like, I'm sorry, or how could I help? And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like... <laughs> Hey guys, um, doing something a little different this week, um, given that America is on fire. Um, I have been reflecting on how I can contribute this podcast and this platform, and I wanted to highlight the voices of three black comedians um, whose work I really, really love. And I chose to do that because I think something that we don't talk enough about is consuming the work of black artists. And uh, that's what I want our listeners to do. You should also donate if you can. Uh, I've donated to Reclaim the Block. And I've been asking all of the guests uh, what books they recommend. The book that I'm going to recommend is uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, The Water Dancer, really incredible. And the comedians that we have on this episode are Jordan Fisher, as seen on The Tonight Show and Comedy Central, um, Alicia Brown, as written up in Vulture, and uh, a guest that we've had before, Jay Jordan, uh, Tonight Show, Comedy Central, HBO. Three really wonderful black artists. Follow them, consume their work, and then branch out and consume the work of other black artists so thank you for listening. Please donate. Please safely protest. And uh, stay safe. Oh, and we love you. So basically, this is a re-record because Zoom lost our, our recording because it's it's both homophobic and racist. That yeah, was, that's, double well, whammy. And um, honestly, that first one was so... I felt impassioned. I was like, yes, 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 articulate. Like It yeah. was perfect. And you know what? If this is a piece of shit, we can blame it on Zoom. But that's a problem when you come back and do a recording right after. You're not fresh. Like, even if we could wait, like, two weeks, it would be so much better. But we have to do it right now. Okay. You thought it would be better? No. I mean, that that first... Woof, man. First time, <laughs> like... Honestly, that's all I want to think about be, and talk about. To be honest, I think the two of us may have solved racism in that first <laughs> and homophobia yeah i don't think forget if we could have just put that first recording out there honestly all of this would have ended even <laughs> corona would have been cured corona we found the cure to yeah. corona in the last just by my words and your words together no i'm gonna take it to the next level your words and <laughs> me just not even saying anything <laughs> wow beautiful you know I think this is it. I'm good. Um, I'll see you. I don't we know just wanted it's the good. listener to know. No, um, I'm here with Alicia. Uh, we're talking right now. I, I'm talking to different black comedians just about how they're feeling right now because it's a really, really difficult time. And I, I think we have a really large white listenership. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself how the message that I'm trying to get ac across is that I am trying to have a deeper, more personal connection to intrinsic and, and systematic racism. And the way that I'm choosing to do that is through consuming black art, looking and reading and watching and listening to the works by black artists, because right. I think you can only intellectually understand racism to a point. 
Right. And I think I had mentioned this, you know, our first time, but like um, (laughs) that when you do consume Black art, you are getting different perspectives of what it is to be Black and how when white people make characters or shows that are written by white people, but about Black people, you're only getting it from that lens, right? And it's not, it's a lens that they think they see based off what's perpetrated in the media and what they see in other films right so like you get the stereotypes of like the token black friend the uh the robber the bad guy oh all black people grew up in the hood right those are mostly conceived from white eyes and it's like a weird thing because I didn't grow up in the hood but I did grow up poor right Mm. and it's such a weird and I grew up in white spaces but I also grew up poor in these white spaces but not to the point like you know my mom was a single parent on welfare but I had my own internalization dealing with my blackness at such a young age, young age. Yeah. Young age. Young age. <laughs> but like, cause you talk about being black in your comedy. Are you thinking of, at all about how white people are consuming your comedy? Um, yes, actually. That's, um, I know I, it's funny cause we are the only ones who heard what we talked about last time, but right. So they're all going <laughs> to find it interesting. Yeah. We, we hope. Uh, <laughs> but, um, when I was in Boise for a comedy show or a comedy festival, um, it was a room of 150 white people. And I was nervous about doing this because my shit is all like about being black and saying the N words. So I was like, I don't know how these white people are going to feel. It's almost like, you know, when they say, oh, my cousin's gay, but I like her. And then because they know that one gay person, they're kind of like more accepting to all other gays. Absolutely. I feel like that's kind of like that with, being black and doing comedy in these white spaces. Like, oh, I saw this one comedian who was different and she wasn't a stereotype, but that stereotype is false. So it's like, oh, maybe they're, I open them up to like actually open their eyes up to, I guess, blackness. I don't know. Um, do you have a joke in your set that you think um, sort of defines your point of view on kind of owning your blackness in exactly who you are as a person and knowing that that is real. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk, we didn't talk about this earlier. So this is new. Yeah. I grew up with these people and they're the type of people that are like, they gave, I microaggressions. So right. they'd be like, Oh, she's getting mad. She's going black like that. That's the really type of thing that they would say. Yeah. And that was something I grew up around so much that I, that's what I thought it you know, was to be like black. So I, to kind of dispel those, I would always listen to like indie rock and Rolling mm. Stones, classic rock to like other myself. Right. And I realized like othering myself was not, it was perpetuating more internalized racism within me, right? Making me unhappier. So as soon as I realized that stuff, I started really honing in. And that's when I started comedy. And I think it actually helped me kind of say everything I wanted to say without repercussions, I guess. So I had this joke but I talk about how growing up in these white spaces, I was never really comfortable saying the N word. And now that I've gotten like more comfortable in my blackness, I say the N word in songs I love, but I've gotten so comfortable that I say it in songs that don't have the N word in it. And so. (laughs) Sorry. That is so funny. That is so funny. So with that, I start saying like making my way downtown, they go up again fast. Like that is 
and it's like real it's like it's all real you know like and i think that's the thing that people can kind of like wait no keep that. going when do you <laughs> drop the n-word i need to know Every, everyone i give me the like i say give me the whitest songs i ask the crowd and they're like sweet caroline i'm like sweet caroline you know like <laughs> wait okay wait let me think of something how about some billy eilish do you know some bill i feel like our listeners love oh god billy I, already, eilish. I only know that bad girl song and you already know where it's going you know <laughs> some of them i'm like someone asked me to do twinkle twinkle little star or um uh hit me baby one more time and i was like listen listen i'm not a proponent <laughs> abuse um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is so funny yeah. and i'm sure i'm sure do you ever think about so because sometimes when i do gay jokes that or feminist jokes that sort of have an ironic tongue-in-cheek thing i almost wonder when people are laughing are they laughing for the right reasons do you ever get the sense that white people are laughing because they feel a release from you just using the word in a way that they wish they could i that's a good question i don't know but i i always question like i want to make sure my comedy isn't palatable to white people and so it's it's always like a, a fine line i think um and you want them to be a little uncomfortable yes 100 percent. and because I think, if they're not they're not learning exactly exactly and i think saying that my experience like you know i think a lot of I do think there's a stereotype that, you know, that all black people are, I hate this word. I'm not even going to say it, um, are from the hood. And mm, mm. so they, you know, they must've known a drug dealer. They grew up in rough times. And so I think I'm expelling that because I didn't particularly, I grew up poor, but I did not grow up in an area where that was like considered a inner city. These quote, I'm using quotations. Can they see this? Yeah. Is I'm going to put audio? some of this online. Oh, I mean, cool, cool, cool. But keep going. You just made right. it clear to the <laughs> Um, But I want to make sure that I am seen as a Black person that is not just the stereotypes you see in the media, you know? Yeah. And I think, as you see behind me, uh, Insecure, for instance, Issa Rae, I've had so many people tell me, oh, you remind me of Issa Rae. And it's mm. just funny because I'm, at the time, I was 26, 20, when Insecure came out. And it was the first time of, like, any sort of representation of someone that almost who looks like me and acted like me in a sense. Mm. So I was like, it took 26 years for someone to show a different type of black person yeah. on the TV. So it's like, that's what I think I'm trying to do with comedy or it's like telling white people, Hey, I'm black, but you know, there's so many ways to be black. Right. Believe yeah. it or not, you are a full three dimensional person. And who so are knew? all other black people. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like I'm, it's awesome that you're consuming like black media and art and these things. Cause I think that's something that, all white people should do is like yeah there's different voices different you hear that listener <laughs> you hear that she's one of the big ones <laughs> i just got a stamp of approval <laughs> i will be somehow framing this podcast episode yeah. and putting Listen, it on my wall i will tell the naacp that you're the good one you know oh my god <laughs> thank you so much yeah. oh my god and i want I do. Yeah. No, sorry. Go on. Yeah, I, I do want to say sorry. Um, if you know you're listening and you want to protest, just remember, you know, uh, black and brown people are dying at a disproportionate rate of COVID. And um, if you are protesting, make sure you're wearing a mask and also um, use your body. Like the police are targeting black and brown people specifically. So you know, use your allyship. You know, black they're not going to hurt you 
as much as they're going to hurt us. That's for sure. Um, I think, yeah, definitely. I'm going to double down on that. Please don't get anybody sick. Please, please don't get anybody sick. Um, uh, I did you, that joke that you said the last time we recorded yeah. about, so you were protesting. So this is what happened. Here's what, here's the deal. Okay. So yesterday I was going to go down. I went down to a protest just to like see what's it about. Cause I was just feeling anxious and I had had concerns with going anyway, just COVID and police. And yeah. I went down there. The first thing I see is this helicopter trying to like land on people. It looked like it was, it was very low. Like it was so low. The trees were burning so low. Wow. And I get closer and I'm seeing a line of police pushing protesters back and I see a baton going up and I was like I heard someone to the side of me saying oh yeah that's now it's time to go and I was like "Uh oh so I start running five seconds in I am breathing hard and I have this mask on and I'm struggling and I'm like fuck I am not protest fit (laughs) that's it I am not protest fit I got bad knees I tore my ACL I got tendonitis I am if I try running like they're just like we got her this is like they're gonna be like stop trying ma'am you're gonna you're gonna go down yeah exactly you're not protest ready in terms of your fitness goals there's like uh being able to do uh you know I can't jump over fences right right I'm and I listen I do run but um I don't really I hate running with a mask on I had a good mask and I was freaking out but like you can't first is a pandemic it's 80 degrees outside I'm just like I was just not ready and these old creakly things my knees um we're just no you, what are you doing you know that white people are going to appropriate uh protest level or <laughs> protest ready fitness as a crossfit thing like 100%. people are are gonna be like you have to wear a backpack you have mm-hmm. to wear a mask right. there's some dude in named chad in camo you're jumping over the fences <laughs> they're, they're throwing tear grass at you right like, exactly there's some other dude dressed up as police chasing okay. you honestly and that's the thing white people would totally do that totally oh a hundred percent i would not be surprised if that was an actual real thing hundred percent um well this was so much fun I want to ask you yes. a couple questions. Um, real quick, what are your handles on social media? Uh, Instagram, alicia.brown. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A dot B-R-O-W-N. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Alicia Brown um, from NPR. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you or anyone has been uh, diagnosed with mesothelioma, um <laughs> Alicia Brown. Yeah. <laughs> injury attorney uh and then what are your what are some books you would recommend yes okay last time i recommended some but this time we're gonna recommend some other ones um i love this book it's james baldwin the fire next time great read think about it he's on uh, just to be clear he is on every list of books that white people should read james yes james I love this one. Audra Lorde, Sister Outsider. She's queer. She's queer. She's black. And she's in this book. Um, awesome. Great essays and shit. Um, yeah. And also see Jones, this one too, How to Fight for Our Lives. And then any causes that you would like to plug? Okay. So because a lot of people are donating, which is awesome. I should have pulled this up. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I had all this time I was prepared I don't remember the Venmo now God um oh look someone just texted me a white person they are they saying it. sorry actually yeah they must have read white fragility oh 
<laughs> so last time we were saying that yeah. white people are constantly telling Alicia that they should that um other white people should read white fragility and they just apologize immediately after they read it you know it's funny that was your joke and i just said it for you please take it it's better from you is this is this thank you i are you about to ask me if you're culturally appropriating my joke yeah no (laughs) oh no i actually was no um okay so i would say donate donate why does donate Venmo um, Donate. Donate. Donate uh Venmo bailout NYC May. Bailout NYC May. On Venmo. On Venmo. Yes. Just do that. Thank you. Um Thank you for your time times too. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish it was I wish I was more, you know. We might have to do it a third time. Like <laughs> I'm <laughs> Honestly, um, third time I'd be like, all right, I got this you, bailout we got it. NYC May. And we'll definitely have you on a regular episode of the podcast so that you can talk about the gay sex that you had. Okay. I'm excited. Oh, I, <laughs> so off the record, I went on a couple dates with. Yeah, that's, that's no good. So let me, um, let me basically tell you what I'm thinking which is not much because I came up with the idea maybe 10 minutes ago, like right when I messaged you. But I was just thinking like I have this very large, mostly white audience. And I've even been hearing from people like your platform is so big. Why are you not posting more? And what I've found is like my posts aren't doing anything. No one's clicking what I post. People are swiping through. So I wanted to do something that was actually impactful and not just like optically good. And so I thought the only way to do that is through like actual stories and connection. And then I was like, oh, just like comedy, (laughs) just like have people no, no, no. I think like the first thing is I would say like and this is a really rough time for me, especially like as a black queer man who every now and then does like to get choked in bed because now it's just like <laughs> not it's just it's a bad look. It's a very bad look. That's the first thing I would say. Second thing I would say. Are you wait? I'm sorry. Are you feeling like right now you can't well, get choked yeah, in you bed? Yeah, yeah. Solidarity, out of but also the second thing is it's weird because a lot of a lot of gay people that had a number of opinions about the Chromatica album don't have anything to say about a militarized police force shooting people with bullets, rubber bullets, but gay guys hate rubbers as we know. So like, don't. (laughs) Oh man, did you write these today? No, those are just like stupid quips. Also, I saw, I like post, it's on my Twitter. I like posted a picture and it said BLM, Brunch Lives Matter because (laughs) It was these people in Cincinnati that were definitely like, well, apparently there's some sort of protest going on. But yeah, more sangria, please. Thank you. I'm sorry. Gracias. Um, so it was just like, a, it's like a weird mix because you want to like be funny, but then you also like, you know, like, it's weird. It's really weird for me because I oh, like. Oh, totally. I mean, this is going to probably sound crazy but I went to one protest and social distance yesterday with a mask and then when I was walking home I saw like police in riot 
riot gear like on my street so it's like a weird mix of like i want to be funny and i want to like double tap these pictures of people's butts too but i also want to be like there better be a political (laughs) message in this caption or else i'm I'm taking my when life you back. tap the butt, <laughs> it's a tap for a yeah, cause. I donated money. Um, <laughs> I donated money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund and to the community, the Brooklyn community bailout. And I'll probably do that again. And, and listen, if I have the if I have the comfort level to donate a little bit, I really feel like I should. And I am not famous at all. So that means famous people need, come on, what's going oh, on? Oh yeah, they absolutely need to be donating. Yeah. I think everybody has a dollar that they can spare. And and while it might not feel like you're making a difference, a, a, a small amount yeah. is more Unless than nothing. Unless you're Ben Platt you know and you only I mean? donated $50, then I will, I will break your arm allegedly he matched like a $50 donation I will break his arm for fucking real if I see him that's so sad because I love Ben Platt I know he's a he's a nice 45 year old let's just hope he's donating to other things like low-key he better be um I'm trying to what else do I have to think about this like uh well I actually I want to touch on something that you said just because I thought it was a really good point like you were saying I don't know if I can be funny yeah right now and look I am not the authority on this but I know there must be some people out there who a appreciate feeling like they are still involved, but at least they're laughing. Yeah. At least like they're taking a break from their stressful emotions, which can be helpful for when you want to dive back in, you know, yeah. to, to recharge. And also maybe there's someone out there who wasn't stressed out, who heard that joke and was like, oh, maybe I need to be stressed True. out. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're becoming more active because they heard the comedy. Yeah, I think like first of all it's the christian cooper situation and the ahmaud aubrey situation and the george floyd situation and then the saddest part is that we're also kind of like shuffling and not paying attention to the tony mcdade situation which was a trans man who was a black man in florida that was shot so they're just it's a lot i i mean it's a weird like i don't want to have to be like a history major right now Right. In, You're... in addition to being like a person who's trapped inside, like it's just. Yeah, it's a lot of emotions. And, and maybe you're feeling like you have to be a representative in addition to all the other things yeah. that you have to be. But right I now. think like um, just thread the needle, threading the needle as a comic is scary, but also fun. You just really kind of, I mean, it's been interesting also to see people that like hate they're like, oh, man, I can't believe all these comics now are so politically correct. Like, technically, like, me and you are, like, seen as, like, these, like, weird kind of, like, like, oh, neither one of us is politically correct. No, definitely not. But, like, right now, I'm, like, the most politically incorrect thing you could say is, like, fuck the establishment. Number one, fuck the, the status quo that we've had. We have to make sure this isn't normal. Like, it's not yeah. normal to kill people. But some people who are like, I'm not PC at all, they're being very quiet. And I'm like, what's, wait a minute. Don't you? Because they, they, they know. They, th- that's the thing. Like, I would so much rather make an attempt to do something positive than stay quiet right now. Because even if I say the wrong thing, 
I know that I'm trying to help and learn. And if I say the wrong thing, Jay, by the way, please be like, hey, that was the fucking wrong thing. But like, I'm lucky enough that I can get away with saying quite a lot. And (laughs) you tick off so many of the boxes. And uh, I do. In fact, my (laughs) grandfather was a policeman. So when I say fuck cops, it's my privilege to, because I'm not saying fuck cops, but my grandma did. So it's. It's just, it's interesting. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's like, where was he a police he was officer? A, he was one of the first black police officers in the hometown where I'm from in Mississippi. That's so what like, I was going like to say. That's weird, incredible. He was one of the first, he was one of the first black police officers back when they didn't even give black police officers guns. Really? And they didn't give them billy clubs either because they saw him changing. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, I shouldn't say that. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that they didn't give black cops oh, guns. Oh, for the longest time in a bunch of major cities, they didn't give black cops guns. They let them be police officers, but they didn't give them guns. Like, so it's like a weird, one of my best friends growing up, like he's a police officer now in Jackson, Mississippi. And it's, I mean, it's short-sighted for me to be one of those people like, well, I mean, they're not all bad. And like, I don't have time to like argue with people that are saying that. Cause if you are talking about the police as a, as a group, as a We're talking state, about systems yeah, versus people. Yeah, my friend, listen, I talk about cops the way Southern grandparents talk about gay people. I'm like, listen, I don't approve <laughs> of the choice. But I'm still <laughs> praying for you. You know, I, I used to listen to the village people. One of them was, you know, a cop. <laughs> well, Jay, this was this was so awesome. Thank you. Thank I you. Can't thank you enough for doing this. And are there any you said a few resources, but just to make it super clear to everybody, what are some things where are some places that you hope people will donate? Oh, a little please bit donate to the Brooklyn Community Bail Fund, Minnesota Freedom Fund, and also Black Visions Project. Those are all three places where you can send any and extra money that you do have. And I think it's Liberty NYC Defense Fund too. So make sure anyone who is currently, uh, that got arrested over the past three days, they can get out. Because, I mean, it's about to be Pride Month. Pride happened because of a riot that was a demonstration. This is part of your history if you're queer. Get used to it. Thank you so much, Jay. And not to put you on the spot, do you have any books that you would recommend? Ooh, The Velvet Rage is a good book for anyone. This is specifically for your audience. I think like the intersectionality of being queer and anything else is pretty important right now and understanding that you're part of this. You're a marginalized voice that needs to speak out and speak up against these injustices because they will call you a sexual slur in a minute and burn down your gay bar too. If absolutely just it's what 30 years ago, maybe also just like, please be aware that you're part of this, but yeah, actually I think this is a good thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, I'll, I'll give you all the links. I'm going to put them on the, TikTok and the Instagram. I sound like I sound like a, a grandma. Actually, <laughs> well, no, you know how I know you're not a grandma because you got kicked off of TikTok. <laughs> I did, I did, and that gives me some street cred. I have to say, um, not much, but a little bit. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for doing this so last minute, and uh, I hope we raise some money. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, also, hey to your cat. <laughs> You don't have to feel, if you don't want to be funny right now, no need to be funny. How are you feeling? How are you? Um, who are who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jordan Fisher. Um, 
I am a black comedian. <laughs> um, yeah, I right now, man, I, it, it's tough. Like, I mean, there's there's no sugarcoating it. It's like it it fucking sucks, man. Like, cause it occurs so much. It occurs more often than we see on camera. Absolutely. So, like, seeing it happen on camera only like brings all those feelings to the surface and exacerbates it. And it's like you know, pointing the finger at it where it's like, see, we're trying to tell you this stuff happens. And there's always this like, ah, does, does it though? You know, there's always that doubt. See, that's so um, crazy to me because when yeah. I see that it's on camera, my thought mm -hmm. is, wow, this must be right. happening so much off camera. It, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what the thought should be, honestly. Because it's like, if you're willing to do it on camera, because the amount of times it happens on camera where people... Not even just the body cams are recording. People are like blatantly standing phone, there yeah. like, hey, like whatever you're about to do, there's going to be footage of it. And it still goes through. Man, like that person doesn't give a fuck at all. So They must really feel in the right to be seeing mm -hmm. that this is being filmed and continue that behavior. Exactly. And it's like, for me, like as a... 90s kid you know if you look at like any document there's like so many documentaries that point to um rodney king's incident in 92 of being like the escalation of you know seeing police brutality on film and like the la riots and everything coming from there and it was like we always go back to that moment since i've been born there's been countless amount of yeah. rodney king moments you know, so it's like there is no no more just like pointing to that one incident. Now it's like all the time, like kids that are born within the past, you know, 10 to 15 years can be like, yeah, just start listing off names like you could legit make a docu-series out of how much footage we have. And each episode could be a victim of police brutality. Each episode could be a hashtag. And that's insane. And you'd have enough for multiple seasons, you know, Um but yeah, so it's 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 hard when these things come up because, you know, you just it's it's so I mean, news is hard yeah. enough to consume as it is. So when the news is so in your face about something that already exists within you that, you know, happens and that you fear never happens to you or someone you love. And then it comes up and it's just like blasting at you, reminding you. And also, too, it's like it's very it's very exhausting where it's like if somebody, you know, there's plenty of memes about it, but it's so true where it's like if black people are protesting, even if they're protesting peacefully with no no guns or anything, just signs and then police show up in full on riot gear and start like physically and aggressively pushing back versus, you know, white people showing up with full-on automatic weapons yes and standing there like you know what you gonna do like that that just is okay nobody's tear gas nobody's like pushed down like nobody's shot at with like you know rubber bullets whatever it's just like damn like you're you're just considered a threat all the time just existing just taking just up existing. public space you don't need a weapon your skin is a weapon like your skin is considered a weapon rather you know yeah. And it's just like uh, very, I don't know, like being black is hard because there comes this like identity crisis with it a lot of times where you're just like, 
you want to be authentic to yourself, but so much of your authenticity is often feared by other people. Um, and then if you're not authentic to yourself, then you're, uh, you know, you're called not black. Then you're, then you're right. getting thrown off your, who you actually are. So like I myself, just because I'm not textbook black, according to some people like growing up, you know, just like what they consider to be black, the, the threat, you know, that's what they consider to be textbook black, the threat. I've gotten all the time like, oh, Jordan, you know, he's Oreo, white, blah, blah, blah. Like he talks white, all that kind of shit. Now, you can say that, but you look at somebody uh, like, um, what's my man's name? Uh, C- Cooper, uh, that was bird washing. Yes, right? yeah. Now, I'm, I'm only a, laughing right now right. because even I was like bird watching. Exactly. So now <laughs> as a black dude, I can look at that black dude and be like, see, I know him as a black dude has probably been like picked on for bird watching. Yes. Like that's a white All people of shit. that went through or my like, head. Yeah. Or like he, you know, edits Marvel comics and shit. It's like, oh, he's just a nerd. Like, blah, blah. But this white woman doesn't see any of that. She just sees him as a right. threat. As, so a, as like, a black man and right. not a three-dimensional person. Right. So Honestly, a hilarious character. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if, Not because he bird watches, but also right. the dog treats just ready to right. go in just his ready pocket. To go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, as somebody that's like, it's like I see him and I see myself in him because it's like, yo, yeah. that's another dude that's probably been told like, you know, he's not black enough or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, regardless if you think I'm meeting your standards of black, there are always going to be people that see us as a threat. And the police aren't going to be like, oh, he's not black. black. They, they're just going, you know. Right. They're they just going to see you as a black person. Like, they I've don't experienced have your uh, Netflix uh, <clears throat> history. Right. They don't yeah. know if you're watching anime or not. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> regard, it's like regardless of what your your interests are, it's like these people should never be threatened. You know, they should never like we should never have to feel like like oh I need to know quotes from friends just to live. You know, um, <laughs> so it's like fucking crazy that you have to go through this kind of shit because like. Can you imagine, rather than yelling hands up, don't shoot, yeah, and yell yeah, something gotta... like uh, uh, Chalandler Bing or whatever right, that right, joke yeah, is. Exactly, from a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, you do- how you doing? Or some shit like that. <laughs> um, you know, it's that strange dichotomy because, I mean, I myself have experienced that kind of thing where it's just like, you know, walking around New York. I get the, I get, I see the energy that comes from like people that aren't the same color as me. Like if I'm walk in there and then they'll cross the street or anything like that and it's just like i don't want nothing to do with you <laughs> like i'm not i'm yeah. not a threat i'm a comedian for god's sakes like i'm the least <laughs> like i don't i don't want to do anything to cause harm you know um yeah so i want to highlight your comedy too if that's mm-hmm. okay um because i think you write some of the sharpest social commentary that Thanks. i've ever heard i I also, wait, are you, as an artist, does this at all inspire you or does it exhaust you? Uh, both. It exhausts you first. It exhausts me first. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know the whole adage, 
if that comedy comes from pain and all that kind of stuff. So it's like at first you're hurt by it and then you dissect it. Your thoughts create the the funny, I guess, just like from trying to process like what the hell is going on. Um, it takes me a while before I'm like, okay, like let me figure out how to talk about this shit. Also too, honestly, at this point, like, damn, you, you just like don't want to have to keep writing police brutality jokes or anything like that or just anything where it's like race is such a huge issue you know especially too because like i mean i'm not gonna lie i like talking about the social commentary stuff like that that involves um you know human relations and everything but there is an exhaustion point too with in yourself and with the audience on that kind of shit. And I'm sure like you were just saying you're a three-dimensional person. I can't believe I'm like saying that right now. Like you have other things that you want to talk about on stage. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, do you think that most white people realize, like do you get from white people or white audiences like on the internet, like why is he talking about race so much when you're like, well, damn, like I kind of have to, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever experience that? Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. There are definitely times where that happens for sure. And it's like a lot of those people are the ones that need to see the posts that a lot of people are sharing right now, where it's like, look, I know you came to a comedy show to have a good time, but if you're a smart comedy fan, you also are aware of the things that are going on in the world. Yeah. So it's like you can laugh at somebody's take on you know, the the things that they're experiencing or, like, the social commentary that they're making. But, you know, I've performed for, you know, white audiences the majority of my career. I mean, I started off at a comedy club that was full of people that would go to the, the fucking cowboy bar across the street after the show. So, you know, I've definitely experienced those people that are like, oh, you shouldn't talk about race, or, like, they, you can see their discomfort, you know, because there's that whole white guilt thing where people feel like you're talking about mm, them. Mm. It's like, man, I don't want you to feel guilty, but it's like, I also don't want any of this shit to be happening to me. So it's right. like, you can either feel guilty or try your best to have this shit not happen. Like, because, you know, it's like, I'm not talking to you if you're, if you're obviously a good person, then you know where the comedy's coming from This in this. I, I was going to say... I, the white guilt that I experience, I don't usually experience it listening to, like, at a comedy club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think there's a difference between guilt and discomfort. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't, I think sometimes white guilt can be used as a crutch uh, to uh, exemplify how... Uh, demonstrate how sorry I am rather than uh-huh. just just listening and really absorbing the information and also like I don't know that's right. just my take on like I feel like a lot of black people are the uh sometimes the one black friend in their circle mm. you know so there's a lot of one black friends right now getting like <laughs> text messages <laughs> from their white friends you know being like I'm sorry or how could I help and it's like, you know, as as that as somebody in that position, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> right. like you know, they'll be like, you know, do you, you know, do you want to talk or whatever? And just like you're doing, it's like you have to like you recognize that there's like a comfort point. Like some people aren't comfortable yet. 
Yeah. And it takes each person their own time. So it's like, you have to understand like anybody that has like black friends, like they have to understand that they may not be ready to talk. They may not want to hear like, you know, I'm so sorry right now or whatever. Cause it's like, yeah. Or they might not want to do exactly what you're doing for this podcast, which is being a representative. You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. So it's like, everybody's got their own comfort. So it's like, it's weird in the fact that it's like, we all definitely need to connect and communicate and like we're trying to like grow and help each other and it's tough because it takes both sides to do that Mm. and it takes one side coming forward to say like I'm here with you but it takes the other side that's been a victim to be comfortable with meeting them in the half halfway you know yeah because it's tough to to hear people ask you like what the solution is because it's like we don't have the solution we're not the ones that can well the power especially because it's a systematic thing the power yeah kind of is in white america's hands to to decide kind of uh, not not that but like that's where most of the power is wealthy white americans and it's how are we going to reform politics and the criminal Mm -hmm. justice it's and then there's the personal level and at the personal level the reason i haven't been texting my black friends apologizing is because i i think i know what i need to do based on the internet and reading (laughs) right yeah it's like you know what you need to do and it's like if you're it's like your black friends know who you are they know your heart you know yeah so it's like it's not like you need to apologize to them because they love you and you love them. It's okay to be there for them and express your concern, of course. Like, I think that's that's beautiful. If it, that's yeah. a great takeaway for the white listener right now, um, checking in and saying how are you doing right now is probably mm-hmm. a better. I think, uh, and I tell me if I'm wrong. I think that's better than saying I'm sorry for nothing yeah, in it, particular. Right. I think it is too because I've had you know friends check in and just say like, "Hey, man, I love you," and I you know, "How are you doing?" Like. Or I hope you're doing okay. And it's like it's it's nice to hear from them, you know, because it's like yeah, it's 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 comforting to to hear from anybody when you're mourning, you know. Yeah. Um. So I appreciate you just checking in and saying, hey, like I love you, and like you know, I'm here for you if you need it. It's like that's great. It's like thank you. It's like that's a shoulder, you know, that's yeah. a shoulder to lean on. Um. So yeah, I mean, because I mean, I I feel like a lot of people. There's definitely like people that want to. Uh, that feel like it's upon them to to fix this issue right now and that's going to take more that that's just so much work it's so much work it's going to have to be done in some way or another but like I feel like people are kind of it's one of those things kind of like global warming where it's like Mm. it's such a big issue where you're like how the fuck do we start to tackle it yeah really it's voting and then getting people like this cop off the streets it's like you have to stop hiring these people and then police have to hold other police accountable like this whole like band of brothers bullshit is bullshit like i have a brother if he was doing some some shit i'd tell him what's up and tell him why he's wrong 
I was about to say, I think that's another thing rather than coming to you and being like, I'm sorry, what can I do? I think one of the best things, like we're, we're all, when, when you are with a person of your race, the two of you can discuss things that you can't discuss across races comfortably. Right. right? Yeah. Like, so if you are a white person, one of the best things you can do is just like be there to, in, in a productive way, correct another white person. No, I think so. I think so. Because there's, I mean, I'm from the South. So it's like, I've been around people that have said racist shit, or racial shit. And, you know, as a black person, it's kind of like, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and, and I know I've been around, I know white people that have been around white people that have said racial shit, and have had the same reaction, rather than just being like, don't say that you know right or like that's wrong right. um not saying that every white person has that same reaction i'm there i'm sure there's plenty that speak up but i know there are a lot of people that take the the road to least amount of conflict because conflict is scary but if you're scared of conflict in these types of situations it's only going to lead to your friends getting fucking killed yeah so. exactly and that's the little bit that you can do that that is that is the action that you can take like there's only so many small things that we can do and and that is one of them um yeah well i i I don't want to take up too much of your time thank you uh so much for donating your time and your energy um i want to plug your work so where can oh i didn't say this up top jordan is like very 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 successful He is like widely consumed and very, very good. <laughs> Probably should have led with that. <laughs> Comedy Central, um, The Tonight Show, oh, uh, written on multiple programs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, all my social media is at J Fisher Comedy. The letter J, F I S H E R, comedy. I have a comedy album out on Spotify called Good For You, and hopefully you listen to it and it is good for you. So, uh, yeah. And you have your Comedy Central digital set online. You can go and Google yeah. that. You can Google his yeah. Tonight Show set. They're all very good. Um, yes. And I'm not just saying this. Truly one of my favorite comedians. Um, Thanks, very, very good. Uh, and do you have anything that you uh, are reading or watching right now that you would recommend? What am I reading right now? I just finished Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, my God. Me, too. It's good, right? A few weeks ago. Yeah, it's really good. The fucking ending was like... Oh, yeah. I don't want to give it away, but just like how it tied everything up. Perfect. Because the beginning and, was a little slow, but what was actually yeah. happening there was like the slowest burn to yeah. the biggest thing. And so it's like... It, it, food. I could talk to you about this like at length. Like <laughs> about that book. Just like how, how everything just signify like everybody was connected in the same way but just very like yeah in their own experience like man that was incredible um show well every i feel like if you haven't watched the michael jordan documentary you should watch that it's dope okay um i have not yeah i'll check it out oh it's it's fucking great i liked it a lot um the 30 for 30 and yeah i can't think of anything else right now i don't think have you seen jojo rabbit no, I was more talking on like the topic of race, but I, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have anything. 
you know what? Everyone's doing everything their own way. And uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not reading any like um, race related material. Or well, and you don't, and you certainly related. do not have to be. It's just no. I've I've noticed Twitter. that. People Twitter keep... is enough. <laughs> okay, no, let's do that. Do you have a Twitter account that people should be following? If you go to the subreddit Black People Twitter, mm-hmm. you'll get like an amalgam of like some of the best tweets of the things that are going on right now. So, That's awesome. I'm gonna put a link to it. Yeah, black People I, Twitter. Yeah, Black People Twitter. And when it's not, uh, when these things aren't at the forefront of uh, the social climate. Um, black people Twitter is hilarious. Like <laughs> it is the funniest thing. I I just feel like black people honestly have the best sense of humor on the planet because we've gone through so much shit that you have to. I think that's <laughs> why minorities tend to be better at comedy than Dude, um, yeah. everybody else because the you not only have the pain that you can turn into. Uh, humor and you've been practicing your entire life yeah. you have pain your entire life and so you're practicing yeah. turning that into humor exactly um, and then yeah. and that's why it breeds more comedians there's a there's yeah. a reason why black people and lesbians dominate disproportionately <laughs> in comedy like yeah there are there are way too many successful lesbian comedians <laughs> yeah. and no other lesbians in any other field <laughs> right yeah. except maybe poetry <laughs> poetry yeah 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 <laughs> honestly if if i weren't gonna um recommend like literature to somebody or a black film um then yeah i'd say if you're to keep on social media train go to black people twitter and you'll see people dropping some fucking like knowledge you know and just like you know because everybody's consuming information in these little bite-sized formats so if that's your jam then go to black people twitter and you'll see people like dropping points where it's like yeah like that's you know it's it's smart and it's definitely eye-opening and fast and you get a and wide yeah. uh net of so many different voices right exactly well you were great i'm gonna keep that little fires thing in there if you're okay with that i won't <laughs> i won't funny. promote it but that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you jordan i really appreciate it yeah of course eh? i would love to catch up but I have yes. three hours to cut this and put it all together. So I'm going to go. Do your thing. Do all your right. Thing. Thanks. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. And I hope you're okay. Oh, thank you for being a part of it and back yeah. at you. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.